everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We are Tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. <sighs> what are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> we went to one of my favorite places. It we is. Did. It was Sarah's birthday investigation. So, yeah, we went to the Oddfellows home, a.k.a. Belvoir Winery. And in. And in. In Liberty, Missouri. We already did an episode on this, so this was a revisit. So if you want to hear all of the history, go to episode 21. And that is where we will go over all the history of this beautiful place. And also you can hear how it was our first time there as a group. We got some of our best evidence there our first time, our first time there. We as did a group. some of our, my personal favorite evidence, like things that I tell everybody about whenever they ask, what do you do in yeah. your spare time? Just to fill you in briefly about what the Oddfellows home is. The Oddfellows was a group of people, a secret society yeah, like a self-sustaining secret society. Yeah, where their members' families could come live at the house with them, which was a beautiful house, a big house that took care of not just the members, but their wives and children as well. After a while, the house did turn into an orphanage during really war times when men had to go off into war and it, the women and children were left there. Um, and sometimes parents did not come home. So they had lots of kids there living there as orphans. But this whole building, uh, the whole buildings really are several different things. We have the main building, which would be the orphanage that we refer to as the orphanage now or the main building. There are four different kind of offshoot building. Well, it's technically three, but we kind of split it up into four. Right. Um, one is the, the bunker, which we think was just used for storage, but also kind of like a, a little hideout for kids. And then... Yeah. And... The main building itself was built sometime in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So we think the bunker was built around that time as well. The hospital is the furthest away from the main building. It was built in 1923. It's my personal favorite location. Me too. Um, Go listen to our first episode for why. Incredible piece of evidence that we got there. But it was the only hospital north of the river until North Kansas City Hospital was built in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's got its own laboratory. It got some patients from Glore Psychiatric up in St. Joe. It also has prisoners of war, which um, sometimes we get residual spirits from POWs and, you know, different language speakers. But it was quickly outgrown because the hallways are very narrow. The doorways are very narrow. It's just not conducive to moving around wheelchairs or beds. No, if you're going one direction, you're stuck in that direction. You can't turn around until there's a major opening at a nurse's station. Um, yeah, you're, you're headed that way. Absolutely. It's too narrow. So 1955, the nursing home was built. And this building is pretty large and it has several different areas that we like to investigate, including the old folks home, which is one of our favorite places as well. There's lots of just abandoned rooms where residents lived. It's two stories in this area. And then the further out you go was the new hospital area. There's a a wing that shoots off of that. It's kind of more like a skilled nursing area is always what I heard. Then you walk a little bit further. There's an administration, an old administration area. And below that is what they used as a morgue. We lovingly call it the morgue, but uh, fun fact, there weren't a ton of bodies stored here. It wasn't even its main purpose. Right. It was used for... Potatoes. Potatoes. It's a potato room. But it was cool and dark, so it was a perfect place to store bodies for those who might have passed while bodies, they were living. Bodies and potatoes. And damp. <laughs> Very damp. Well, it's damp now. I hope it wasn't when they lived there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other location, kind of far off in the corner, but we have heard that this was actually relocated, yes. is the cemetery, um, where every a lot of the people that have died while it was a full functioning society are buried. Um, and fun fact, the odd fellows named everybody George, mm-hmm. anybody after life was George because everybody was equal. I love a good George. Yes, we do love a good George and a bad George. I love George. I love a bad George. <laughs> she loves the odd fellows society. Apparently I love a ghost named George. I don't care if you were bad or good. <laughs> Well, so like Lindsay said, if you'd like to hear more about the detailed history, please go check out the first episode that we have. And let's get on to our investigation, shall we? Yeah, that was in episode 21. I'd also like to add that we do help guide some of the investigations out there for public investigations. 
for the PRI group here that's local in Kansas City. So if you guys ever want to check it out, you can go to the Belvoir web- website and sign up from there. It's really fun. And they sell out fast. They really do. But the best part about this place is that it's a winery. That is one bonus. The best part about this place is that it's haunted. The bonus <laughs> is that it's a winery. It's a winery. You can drink wine while you hunt for ghosts. And the different thing this time is that we actually stayed overnight mm-hmm. the whole night, which we've never done. Two of us did. <laughs> yeah. So the orphanage slash winery area, the top floor was made into an inn, which you can inn at. You can stay in. You can stay in. Which we never have before simply because it's in the Kansas City area and we live in Kansas City. Right. We just drive home after the end of it. But it was Sarah's birthday, so we decided to book a room. And the room was lovely. It was. It was lovely. You would know if the bed was lovely if you stayed. (laughs) Listen, I I laid down for like a solid 20 minutes and said, I'm not going to sleep. Oh, my God. 20 minutes? That's it. We're going to move on. I know my body. (laughs) And you know what time I went to bed that night? 5 a.m. Okay. And I woke up at 9. It was awful. Not bitter at all. But it's fine. Happy birthday. Yeah. Listen, y'all, my insomnia has been... Fuck you. I'm out of here. Happy birthday, Sarah. Sorry, your party sucked. (laughs) We weren't supposed to share a bed, Lindsay. (laughs) You fell asleep within five minutes. My insomnia has been terrible, and I forgot my meds, and I knew I'd be awake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you thought I'd never notice, but fun fact, I did. (laughs) I'm sure you would notice in the morning when you woke up. (laughs) Where'd she go? Okay. Let's start with the main building. Which we, it's like the orphanage slash the inn slash if you're on a public investigation, it's kind of our, our safe zone, like where we all reconvene to talk about the previous it's our home base episode. Nope. Evidence. It's also the <laughs> event space for anybody who has like a wedding out there. Or oh, yeah. We were there once when they had a celebration of life. Which what I, is a celebration of life? It's like a. It's not a funeral. It's a celebration. Oh, okay. So like because yeah, we were like, oh, who's getting married? <laughs> oh my gosh, you two! I didn't know. <laughs> I've never seen a celebration of life out there. But they said that their family member loved that place. Oh, that's very sweet. Actually, I, know. I do too. I know. I don't want a funeral, but if I die, just like pour one out for me at Belvoir. Can I put your ashes out there? She might want her ashes somewhere else. No, she doesn't. Just kidding. (laughs) I will give you a uh, 16th of my ashes. Can I have a little sprinkle? Yes, you can have a sprinkle. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They'll probably like fly back into your face. That's disgusting. (laughs) You're also free. (laughs) Assuming she wants to be cremated. Oh, I do. I did. Okay. I I want to be, so I just kind of assumed that. You did too. He wants to be buried in the ground. Yeah. I honestly never thought of it. When the world ends, do you just want to be like somebody in the ground or do you just want to be done here? I mean, doesn't it freak you out to know that you're like a body in the ground? Also, no, because it, I'm not there anymore. The only plus to being buried is potentially the zombie outbreak. Exactly. But you have to bank on that. Also, I would be a terrible zombie. <laughs> Why? Why? I just, I would probably try to like befriend people and they'd be scared of me. And then you'd get your... I'd have my feelers hurt. I'm Sarah. I'm a zombie, but I don't want your brains. <laughs> Can I get your number? Can we hang out? Can you have to do out? brains to survive, though. Uh, well, see what I mean? I'd be terrible. It's over. I'd be a terrible zombie, too. Yeah, you I'd would. also be the first to die in a zombie apocalypse, so... Well, that I could see. Yeah, I, I would I, not. I refuse to shoot a zombie. I'm not going to kill a zombie. I would shoot all the zombies. No. You would just be Because they used to be inside. a human being. Can't do it. If they were animals, I couldn't shoot them. I could shoot an animal. I couldn't shoot a zombie. <laughs> you eat meat. I don't understand how there's a difference. She doesn't kill it herself. I know that people eat. shoot the meat to That's eat. called, they don't shoot all meat. They shoot, shoot the meat. meat. They shoot the meat. They shoot the animal so shoot you can your eat meat, the meat. Lindsay. <laughs> they shoot the animal so you can eat your meat. Okay. <laughs> That's not how it happens. How does that happen? No. They peacefully die. Okay. It's the end of their life. <laughs> you guys are so funny. Shh, don't any <laughs> they lived a long life, mm-hmm. a long fulfilling yes, the, cow life. <laughs> the deer hunting season that we are in right now, they're, they're just shooting donors. the whole <laughs> <the old> deer. <laughs> <laughs> the old deer who are waving a white flag. <laughs> when That's I die, then you check their license and you're like, oh, see? <laughs> That's some good venison right there. Same with the cows and the chickens. They're old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So this is our first time staying. <laughs> I 
just can't believe I got the judgy look for shooting animals, but we all eat meat. I told you. <laughs> they lived a long life. They were fulfilled. They were little grandpa cows and pigs. They lived long lives like Bambi's mom. Yeah. I don't watch that. <laughs> You've never seen Bambi? I watched it once and it was traumatizing. It oh is my traumatizing. Gosh. Don't do it. There's no need. You know what happens. Yeah. Okay, anyways, where should we go? We're starting in the main building. I don't even know where we are. The main building. <laughs> Eating meat. <laughs> shooting meat. No, nobody's shooting anything, Lindsay. God. You brought those <laughs> shooting zombies. That's how we got here. That's different. How is that different? They're already dead. But they were human beings. But they're already dead. Main building. What we got? I don't have anything. I didn't have anything. Oh, we didn't actually. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't are we remember going recording here? there, but listen, I had had a lot of fireballs. We're going to start here night. because we we slept here. That's true. So th- there are ideas on like the rooms are supposed to be haunted. Yeah. If you watch the Ghost Adventures episode before they ever did any renovations to turn this into an inn, they got some evidence. Mm-hmm. What did it used to be before they turned it into an inn? It was an the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And so the top floor was just like junk empty rooms a bunch of nothing yeah and so there are a few people that we investigate with that have investigated and been here before they ever did any renovations or turned this into an inn Mm -hmm. and they said that it used to be like one of the stops on the investigation they would go Mm -hmm. to the second floor the third floor and they would always get lots of good evidence i bet i checked in first and i was there for a good two or three hours before you guys showed up i didn't get any vibes yeah, people have said that there's, like, the spirit of a young girl there that likes to play with, like, a bouncy ball. I've heard that. Um, and each room kind of seems to have its own story that goes with it. We requested one of the more haunted rooms or the most haunted room. We didn't really get much. But again, you know, we're just a blip in time. So I think in our room, um, the reports were that lights flicker on mm-hmm. and off a lot. Right. Could have happened while we were investigating. I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about the main building? Isn't there, like, the spirit of an old lady that hangs out in that I don't know, is a library where we do the Estes method. We did do Estes. We did do Estes method. I don't have a recording from that, though. No, I don't think we have recordings from the Estes method that we did that night. Okay. On times wherever the weather is kind of bad, we do end there um, as a group. And there usually are some pretty good responses that we get. It's usually pretty responsive. So whether it's residual or active, I don't know. But something comes through and talks to us through the spirit box. Yeah, nothing really like outstanding, but still always a good experience there. Okay, let's move on to one of the other buildings, shall we? Not a building, but a location, the cemetery. The cemetery. It's usually one of the... One of the the hot places that people want to go, just because by nature it's a cemetery with dead bodies, bodies, you'd think like, oh man, there's going to be lots of hauntings. They're a hot commodity. Yeah. (laughs) Them cemeteries. Yeah. So I have a couple of recordings from the cemetery and I didn't necessarily get anything. Usually people that go out, they don't get a lot of things on recordings. There have been a, a couple of instances that are pretty interesting. One is the cemetery backs up to sort of a tree line. And along the tree line, people, uh, um, two separate people on separate occasions have seen folks dressed in older period clothing. And okay. it's like a band playing old timey music, like um, maybe morning music or funeral music. It's just like a... Like morning kind of sad, yeah. melancholy. Yeah. Okay. So people have seen apparitions of that. And then also orbs around the headstones. A friend of mine um, was at one of the houses. There's a neighborhood close by. And the house that she was at, uh, the back porch backs up into the field near the cemetery. And she was out on the back porch and said that she was looking out and saw three people in the field that she fully thought were people walking through this field. And then they just disappeared. Well, like Boydston mentioned, we had heard that they had moved the bodies Mm -hmm. from one spot to another. So 
did they get everything? I don't know. Maybe that upset some people. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's what's hard is like if they moved it, then are the spirits stuck to their original resting location or are they stuck to their bodies? But the location that is nearest to where they think the original cemetery is is the bunker. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should head there next. Let's okay. do it. Um, let's talk about evidence we got the night we were there, if okay. any, and then things that we've experienced over the years that we've been going. Okay. So the night that we were there, and I will say we were, if we haven't said this before, this is a public investigation. Yes. This night. This night, yes. So we were leading an investigation. And so with that, there was a lot of talking in the bunker. I did catch at one point, um, Sarah, you called out my stomach because you heard a rumbling noise and it was not my stomach. How does it feel? (laughs) And that's exactly what you said in the recording. (laughs) I'm not still bitter about it. I, because I was telling them, I said, we either claim it or blame it. Like, make sure you call out your stomach noises. I said, like, Sarah just asked if that was my stomach rumbling. Normally, it's Boydson that we think that's her stomach. And Boydson goes, yeah, how does it feel? Yeah. <laughs> it is funny that I called you out. Why? I don't know. Because I was standing next to you. I don't okay. know. But I did catch some kind of, like, rumbling that was on the recording. Boydson, you thought it was, like, our coat. Because it was very cold this night. It was actually snowing. Yeah. And so we had big winter coats on. So it could have been somebody's coat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There is a balloon down there with yes. a smiley face on it. Our friend Rob. <laughs> he loves that balloon. And it's been an interesting thing to, to set it, up. It honestly has. So yeah. he put it in there and they noticed that. So it's a smiley face balloon with a, a face on both sides. And he noticed that if you address the balloon or talk to it or n- address something near it, it actually turns towards <laughs> the person talking to it. Yes, it does. And that has happened to me on several occasions. So that happened this night. Um, the balloon was moving while we were talking to it. And we had a flashlight set up right by the balloon and that flashlight repeatedly kept going off whereas the other two flashlights really weren't getting much activity um and somebody reported at the end as we were getting ready to leave they're like yeah i think i was being touched in the back there when i was talking to the balloon (laughs) otherwise i didn't get much um because like i said we were all kind of talking and this was the very first place we went so we were kind of introducing everybody to what was going on the thing about the bunker is that there are a couple of different entities or spirits that could be in here. One is this like older gentleman, maybe caretaker, maybe an authoritative figure versus some child spirits. And so if one's in there, mm-hmm. the other is probably not in there. And honestly, having done investigations for a couple of years there, it is true. Like you're either getting a bunch of evidence from two or three of the corners versus evidence from one of the corners or not at all. Mm -hmm. But the coolest thing that I've ever experienced in there, I mean, we've had flashlights go off. We've had REM pod. That balloon is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cat balls have also gone off in there. There have been times where people have seen like an actual toy ball rolled across the floor. Mm -hmm. But my favorite experience was – In the middle of the bunker, there's like multiple pieces of wood. They don't lay flat. So parts of it can actually make a little bit of a shelf, like a low shelf. And I was... (laughs) You were going to say lotion. No. Lotion. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) So I was in there with a group and on this low shelf... (laughs) <laughs> on the lotion, yes. On the lotion. Mm-hmm. I'm there with you. Slash low shelf. Rubs the Got lotion it. on the skin. <laughs> uh-huh. I put an EMF. And there was this like plastic toy car truck with like the big plastic wheels on it. But it was off on the other part of the shelf. So it wasn't near the EMF. And we were just doing our little investigation, just out here doing a session. And somebody points out that they hear like squeaking. And I was like, yeah, I hear squeaking too. And other people said that they heard squeaking. So I was, I pointed the flashlight where I thought it was coming from, which is that shelf. Mm-hmm. And so I pointed at it with the flashlight and the toy car was on top of the EMF. <sighs> <laughs> So there are other investigators in the group of people that go out to investigate and they're like, no, I think somebody knelt down and they moved the car. But the thing is, is unless you're familiar and you go out there as often as we do, 
you you just it's impossible not to like knock into something because there's a also fun fact there's a bunch of encyclopedias just in front of that shelf and so it's impossible if you are not familiar with this place and you don't come here multiple times a month to not knock into one of those encyclopedias or hit something on the shelf i i honestly think that something was moving that car on top of that EMF. Playing with the toy car. Yes. Of course. It was incredible. I wish I could have seen that one. I wish you could have too. And it's also in those times that I wish that we could put up cameras within mm-hmm. the locations to be like, okay, what actually happened? Because sure. like, was it a guest? Was it somebody else that we cannot see or feel or touch? I feel like you would have heard a guest moving yes. over there. It's not a very big space. It's it's honestly not. Yeah. And there's a lot of junk on the ground, so like you said. And we'll talk about this later in our recordings. You can hear. There's so many times I'm like shuffling, mm-hmm. shuffling, wind, yes. shuffling. Yeah. It was, that is really cool. I wish I would have been there. It was incredible. Yeah. We got split up there for a while, so. We did. Dang it. All right. Let's go to. Wait. I'm going to tell my favorite. Okay. My favorite experience in the bunker. <laughs> yes. Please tell me. I what was, was your favorite experience thank in the you. bunker? Thank you. Yeah. I had my back in the shadow man's corner. That's one of the entities we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The adult authoritarian. Yeah. That kind of scares the kids away. Yeah. And I was explaining the history to a group of guests out there. And while I'm talking, there's a loud exhale that we caught on a recorder. Very cool. Did your spirit ears hear it? Oh, yes. Okay, good. Have you heard that one? Yes. You did. Because you said it while we were there. Oh, okay. Like, and you played it. I played it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can definitely hear it, and we'll insert that maybe here, maybe on social media. Okay, now where do you want to go? Let's go to the morgue. Ooh, the morgue. To the morgue. To the morgue. AKA potato room. Mm-hmm. Moldy. Beautiful. So this place is. <laughs> I wasn't done singing. <laughs> Please. Keep going. Fin- finish your solo. No, I'm done. Moldy <laughs> potatoes. That was it. This place is almost always wet. Even in the, the middle of summer, there's at least a half an inch of water on the ground. Yeah. So all you get in recordings is dripping drip, water. Drip, drip, Guess plop. who had those recordings? Me. It was snowing. It was cold. But the day before, it was raining. Mm-hmm. So. Yay. It was beautiful down there. There's puddles everywhere, rain dripping everywhere. It was cold and wet. <laughs> One large puddle. It was a lake. Yes, it was, actually. I think we, we called it the lake. We had people with us who were wearing nice shoes, and we were like, oh, honey. Did. Why Steven. Are you wearing that? Steven was his name. I love Steven. I mean, I love mm-hmm. him, too. So I actually have two recorder- recordings from both morgue. So bear with me as I try to merge them together. Okay. Okay, so the first recorder was in the back laundry room. And just to kind of recap some of the spirits that we see down into the morgue is a little boy spirit named Henry that we like to talk to. Another little girl spirit named Molly. How old do we think Molly is? Young. Maybe like 9, 10 or early teens, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, We have also talked to somebody named Walter several times. Walter. I think is an older gentleman. Well, the name does fit. The older gentleman. But it doesn't because all oh. Walters have to be children at one point or another. That's sure. True. But when I hear a Walter, I think of an old man. Or a dog. Yeah. Well, so yeah, there's Walter. And then more recently, we've had a guest talk about how they saw a woman in a black dress in the black in the back laundry room area that really was scary for them. So we've tried okay. to reach out to this woman in the black dress. We set up the rim pod. It began going off several times. And Lindsay mentioned this already, but this is group investigation. So there's lots of chatter in this one. We had a very talkative group in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear somebody or a voice saying, huh, in real time, but and there's so much talking going on. It's really hard to determine if it's actually somebody's voice. Right. We put Steven. Steven was a person in our group. We asked him to go off into, I think, the laundry room area or back in that area by himself he was almost immediately feeling touched and seeing shadows down there. Uh, the flashlight goes off several times, which we typically get a lot of flashlight evidence down there. Stephen also feels spider webs, which is a tell for most of us if we have spirits nearby. So that was interesting. We had another guest named Zero. He was down by Stephen. Mm-hmm. And he heard a voice say, hey, next to him. I didn't catch it on this recorder. 
I am so annoying to myself. I know we all get kind of annoyed. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for you guys. I get annoyed at myself listening back. And this time was no different because I hear myself over and over saying, I didn't think it's Molly. It's not Molly. I feel like it's Henry and Walter. I'm like, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> I to don't, myself. I don't remember getting annoyed with you. So, well, thank you. But I, I was. So I didn't think it was Molly. I wasn't convinced it was Molly, but we still kept trying to speak with her. Lindsay gets mad about not getting her hair pulled. <laughs> because one of those, I don't remember if it was Steven or Zero, but one of them said that they felt like their hair was pulled. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah, Steven, he was getting all sorts of action over there. He's I was so mad. and hair pulled. I will stand by it. Anytime that somebody gets their hair pulled, I will probably be mad because I've been asking for it for three years. Just saying. Stop asking for it. Yeah. You're trying I, too hard. I don't I don't know what else to do. Play Ghost hard to, to get. Be like, yeah. don't I, pull my hair. Don't how, do it. I don't want it. I play hard to get. I tell them that I don't believe they're really there. That's not the same thing. Like, <laughs> you can't You're not acknowledging their presence. So acknowledge their <laughs> yes. presence, but don't ask them to touch That's exactly me. right. Don't say like they're oh not gosh. real. Just be like, I don't believe you can pull my hair. Or, I don't think that you can pull my hair. Okay, next place we go, I'm going to say, hey, ghost, I'm really scared of you, so please don't touch my hair. That sounds condescending and rude. <laughs> and I'm alive. And I'm offended. <laughs> and I'm alive. <laughs> I think. Are you? I don't know. Actually, yeah, let me say that. Inside, I'm not sure where, <laughs> what I am. Inside, I am a zombie. <laughs> um, so I caught what I think is maybe a growl. Again, it's very hard to tell what's going on. If we can isolate it, we'll put it in there. Whatever we got down there, but there's just so much talking. I'm impressed you got anything. Yeah, I know. Talking. Yeah, um, I called it out in real time, saying I heard a humming noise. But okay, I don't know. And then we sent a group of two or three of them down near Stephen, which again is in the laundry room area. Yeah, and they all kept saying that they were smelling cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, and I got to point out that every time anybody was feeling something, Lindsay goes, what's going on? What's happening? What's because going on? Because I had a recorder tell going, what's going on. and they're just like <laughs> talking, like they're experiencing stuff. I'm like, yeah, it was funny. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> so we can talk about it later. Things. So every yes. time I say something, you go, what's happening? What's going on? It was cute. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was trying to keep a clear record. Um, okay. On the other recorder, again, this is the same, all of the same situation. So I'm hearing everything. The flashlight and the cat ball go off though while we're talking about Rochelle being down there. Mm. And, um, around seven minutes in, I hear a whisper. Go Explain ahead. who Rochelle is. Rochelle's one of the investigators that does the Estes method with, uh, with us. And she helps with PRI as well. But Rochelle's really good in the morgue because... We think Henry kind of likes her the most, so we bring her down there sometimes. It's kind of like a trigger. Trigger gotcha. item. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear a whisper. It may be a guest. May not be. I hear an EVP after I ask, is Walter down here? And I also hear it in real time and called it out. I came down to say hi to you. I call that a hun noise that I capture on the recorder. People hear footsteps near us, but I can't hear it on there. And then <laughs> I hear what sounds like a really high-pitched maybe child noise, but also maybe wheezing from laughter. But it wasn't Sarah wheezing. It was not me. I wasn't. I actually, I think I left to take half the group back. Yes, yeah, some of the group wanted to go back and you took them back. So me and Boyden stayed back with the rest. Lindsay feels a tap. You said you felt a tap. I felt it or I heard it? No, nope. felt a tap. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember this at Mark all. Mark this day in history. <laughs> and then I hear a loud bang on the recorder. We ask the lady in black to come out and the flashlight goes on. So, you know, surprisingly, I was able to hear a, a thing or two down there. I was convinced I wouldn't because of all the chitter chatter. Hmm. I don't remember that feeling a tap. I'm... Going to say it was probably water dripping down on me. Of course you are now. Why well, wouldn't you said it. that in the moment? Well, because I, I will say every time, every time I heard something, I go, "Oh, I heard something," and you go, "That was water tapping. That was water dripping. That was water dripping." So you were calling those out in the moment, but you didn't say that one was water. I feel like I would have remembered it if it was something though, and I don't <clears> remember that. I don't know, man. I don't know. Just okay. I just wrote down what you said. No, I appreciate it. 
I just don't remember it. Even when she has experiences, she this says what happens. she doesn't have experiences. I don't remember it. I honestly don't. I'd like to hear the Locked audio it of from that. Your brain. Okay. I made it up. No, I believe <laughs> you. I believe you. I'm saying I'd like to hear the audio. I don't believe you. I'd like to hear what I said. Do you have a favorite moment, moment from the morgue? Yes. Actually, it was when I was a guest. Um, that's kind of what got me all fired up about this place. We were standing doing an EVP session with Chris, one of the other PRI investigators, and Jen. I felt like I was kind of rushed, like bum rushed, if you will. Like I felt this like wave of anxiety and like a poof of air behind me. Mm -hmm. And I heard on the EVP session, the whisper Walter. And I think that that's why I've always thought I'm talking to Walter down there. Okay. What about you, Boydson? Um, There was one time whenever, so I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm short. No. Like, um, not normally short, like abnormally short. And so sometimes I am the height of children. And so there are a lot of children spirits that are down in the morgue. And I had an EMF and it kind of was like, it's really hard to explain, but I had the EMF and it was touching my EMF and then running over to like a sensor light and then another EMF that was on the ground. And it was almost like it was playing like tag, like... It was the hitting all the different places, but all the low places mm-hmm. and also on command. And it was just pretty cool. Yeah. We've gotten some really good REM pod responses. Um, there was a REM pod that like lights up different colors and I had it on video recording so I can try to upload that one too. Perfect. That was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the hospital. Let's do it. Hospital by default is my favorite location. Mm-hmm. A lot because of the evidence that we got whenever we were here the first time yep. as a group. Um, you'll have to go back to episode 21. 21. Mm-hmm. It was basically, we heard a disembodied voice and we caught it on recorder. We did. I had the recordings from the hospital also. Okay. I didn't really get anything from the hospital this time, which again, that's just how it goes. And honestly, the hospital's pretty quiet for most people. So, okay, we started in the OR. Which again, just to remind you, this is where we caught our best evidence, the disembodied voice. I We start talking about German speaking spirits and we get several flashlight responses. And German speaking because uh, prisoners of war. Prisoners of war were there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we really didn't spend a lot of time in the OR. Lindsay hears a scream and calls it out. And then we also say maybe outside or old folks home. Again, mm-hmm. there's windows that are just not really there. So the old folks home is very close to this and also the neighborhood. So we hear lots of dogs barking. And there was very many, like several other groups. It wasn't just us. So Right. Not in the hospital, but in right. the old folks home. So there could have been a group in the old folks home. Yeah. The flashlight goes off when I say I have a headache in German. Then we move down the hallway to the nurse's station and we have somebody go off to the end of the hall by themselves. And they had a pretty good experience where they felt lightheaded they felt like they were being touched and they felt a hot spot, which again, it was freezing cold. And then one of you leaves the recorder, I think in the nurse's station while the rest of us go upstairs. Okay. I don't know. I'm just guessing based off the, the footsteps away. Oh, you stayed downstairs with like one or two people that wanted to stay down there and you guys were doing oh, okay. an investigation, I remember. And then the REM pod does go off for a few minutes for you guys, which is actually kind of what drew you over into a different section. And it went off for a few minutes for you. So that was exciting. But other than that, I really didn't get anything. Do you have any favorite moments in the hospital? My favorite moment will always be the disembodied voice that we heard. Yes, for sure. Agreed. Um, were you with me when we went as guests and Chris was our guide and we were doing an EVP session in one of the hallways and we asked, what is this place to you? And we got an EVP that says hospital. Yes. That was really good too. I think that was whenever we were all three there. Oh, okay. There was also a really cool time when I was leading an investigation with another investigator that was not either of you <laughs> and somebody was, a guest was there that spoke French. Ooh. And he was speaking French. To- One of the hallways is said to have this shadow man that is German speaking that is looking for his daughter. 
And so this guest that was here that speaks French was speaking French down the hallway, just like trying to get a rise. And we heard like tapping down the hall, but also we had words come up on the ovulus. And I wish I could remember everything, but there was there was like a series of events that made us feel like this guy the shadow man down the hall was really not comfortable with this French speaking gentleman, which would line up with World War Two. Yeah. So it was just kind of a, I don't know, an interesting experience. But like I said, always I will default to the disembodied voice. There is nothing like hearing a voice that you know is not there with you, <clears throat> but you hear. One of the other times I was leading an investigation, you may have been with me too, and one of the guests was recording. And when we listened back, it sounded like my voice talking, like almost like robotic stuff. It was very creepy. Yeah. It sounded like me talking on the recorder, but it was, it was not me. I wish I had that one. That mm. was a good one too. Yeah. Didn't we on this night have somebody speaking French at some point too? Yes, I thought we did. Zero was speaking French. Yeah. Well, at one point I said, oh my God, do you speak German too? And he was like, well, I speak a little, but I speak more French. I just don't remember where he was speaking French. It at. was probably down that shadow hall because mm-hmm. I try and recreate that okay. moment every time and it has not happened again. Okay. All right. Now to one of my favorite locations besides the hospital is the old <laughs> folks home. Turns out we love all the locations. <laughs> I do. What? These two are my, my top locations, yeah, hospital sure. and old folks home. Let's do it. Okay. This was our favorite one of the night. So the old folks home is two levels. Usually we lead the group in on the first level and then we automatically just go upstairs because that's where we get the most evidence and the most experiences. So let's just start upstairs and then we can work downstairs. My recording happened to be during the public uh, where the group investigation and honestly, so we got cat ball responses. We got flashlight responses. And there were some banging, but I did catch an EVP. It's a whisper. I'm not entirely sure what it says. I think it says, like, I guess we're going to stay there. I don't know. You guys tell me what you think it says. But it is actually like a full sentence whisper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the spirits that we have made contact with several times is that of a woman named Dorothy. We think she was a resident here sometimes. She comes out usually down what we call the shadow hallway. At the end of the hallway, she responds to uh, music, typically Sinatra. She likes Sinatra specifically. But usually she just does things with the flashlights, the REM pod, and the, and the cat toys. She's never done anything else. So I had another recording um, from when we were all up there as well. And so we were up by like... Poison said, kind of up in that hallway, we were trying to talk to Dorothy many times that I had cat ball and flashlight responses. We had set up one flashlight at the end of the shadow hall, which was like on a window ledge. We had set up another flashlight. What's it's kind of down towards what we would normally call like a multi-purpose room or yes. a big open area. It's a very dark residence, dark hallway. And so we set up a flashlight all the way down there. And then we had another one set up kind of where we were. We were getting a lot of flashlight responses from the one that was down the shadow hallway by the window. I told everybody at one point to kind of pick so you can't go in the rooms. The rooms yeah. are not safe to walk into because you will probably fall through the ceiling or yes. through the floor <laughs> onto the ceiling or the first yeah. floor. So I said, you know, put your back to the doorway. And I went through when we first got there and I opened every single doorway. And I said, go ahead and put your back to the doorway. You know, sometimes spirits like to come out and tap you on the shoulder, things like that. We're playing Frank Sinatra for Dorothy, trying to get a response. And I had a guy go, I said, just stand in front of this doorway. And nothing had been going on before that. And probably within five seconds of him standing in front of that doorway, he said he felt touched. And then the door slammed on his back, um, which I did catch. (laughs) The door was slamming repeatedly. And this is kind of a theme. So I took out my cell phone at this point. I had my flashlight and I was focused on the door. Um, that had shut on him. And I'm like, Dorothy, if that was you, can you please shut the door? And the door slammed in all of our faces. Which is why I made it a point to say that we've never experienced that before. 
So what's interesting is that during this public part of the investigation, Mm -hmm. Lindsay and I are in the same hallway, but it's a very long hallway. So I'm at one end of the hall and she's at the other end. Right. So she gets this experience and then within seconds, the same thing happens to me. And we both have it on our cell phones. Where the doors were slamming in our faces. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got people in our investigation pretty freaked out. The guy, he was like, "Um, I'm not doing that again. I said, that's fine. You don't have to do that again. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting. I will say that there's no windows. And it was very windy because you can hear in the recording, you can hear the wind. But I can hear the wind constantly. The door wasn't shutting constantly. And also, none of the other groups that went out to the old folks' home said anything about the door slamming. Another recording I have from um, the old folks' home is the first time we went upstairs, we left one recorder downstairs while we went upstairs. Throughout it, like, you can vaguely hear us walking around. You can hear the the Sinatra music. You can hear us shuffling around. At one point, I think I get like an EVP, but again, I can't tell if that's just maybe one of us yelling because we were getting door slams. People were getting excited about it. Um, I hear lots of tapping. Could be us upstairs or it could be those doors shutting up there. Um, I do hear footsteps that come pretty close to the recorder, which I don't think would be us um, because we're on another floor. I do get a angry, huffy, huffing, puffing noise. Right. Angry breathing. Huffy puffy. Huffle puff. That's what my husband calls it when I like sigh. He goes, are you getting huffy puffy? I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like an angry like breathing exhale that's right by the recorder. So. (laughs) And that was like 34 minutes into it. So we were definitely nowhere near it. So maybe they were just like, I'm tired of these people upstairs. It kind of sounded like an animal at one point. It did. And about 20 seconds after that, there's lots of tapping that almost sounds like steps that are around the recorder. So who knows? We were upstairs during all that. Nobody else would have been inside. So who knows? But the most active experience I feel like we had that night was after the group investigation was done, we got to go out on our own and we were like, we're going back up to Dorothy. We need to see these doors slamming again because nobody else had that experience. Right. So we go up there and we only lasted 15 minutes, mm-hmm. partly because it was cold. <laughs> it was getting late. It was getting late. This is like two o'clock in the morning, but also partly because we had so much experience in those 15 minutes. It kind of felt like it was a sign. It did. So Boydson's on her night vision during this, which we will post some of that to social media because it's pretty cool to see. And I have my recorder and we all kind of just space out. So I'm standing like it's kind of like a T-shaped hallway. So I'm standing against one wall that's looking out at the, like, where you can see all three hallways. Sarah, you were in, you called it like the isolation room? Is that what you called it? The padded room is what we called it. So Sarah yeah. was in the padded room. Yeah. Um, and Boydston was night visioning <laughs> and she's across from me. So her hallway or her back is to one of the hallways. And right away we're like, Dorothy, you know, we're here to talk to you. Can you make some noises? We get lots of banging. We get lots of knocking. I said I hear a growl and I kind of caught a little bit of something. I think it might be hard to isolate because of the wind. But right after that, the door to my right slammed shut. Um, Boydston, this was the first time we used the night vision and you said the battery was draining already. I hear footsteps um, and then the door to my left shuts. Sarah said that she was seeing something at the end of the shadow hallway. Mm-hmm. which is to my right. And I said, that's where the flashlight was going off like crazy earlier. So Sarah starts trying to talk to Dorothy, to whoever is at the end of that hallway. Um, we still get some taps. Sarah then asks Dorothy to shut the door that had been shutting earlier and it slammed shut on command. Can you please shut the door? Tap if to my left. not Dorothy, what is your name? We'd like to be able to call you by the right name. Boydston did say, for the record, there is a breeze, but that it had not been shutting the doors and it had been windy all throughout the night. About 20, 30 seconds after that, multiple doors slam like all in a row and you can hear it. Just bang, 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 bang. And right before that, I had thought I heard a shuffle right before the door started slamming. Boydston is 
amazed. <laughs> she says, incredible. incredible. <laughs> Sarah has the opposite reaction. <laughs> I know. She started getting a little freaked out. <laughs> yes, I, I was getting a little anxious. Yes. And so at that point, you came out of the padded room and you came and stood right next to me. <laughs> I did. You started talking at one point and I hear a EVP of someone shushing you? Yes, you're done with me. <laughs> and I listened to it on my recording. I was like, okay, I don't think that was me or Boyd Sink because Sarah would have called us out like she has in the past when I shush her. <laughs> she hates it when we shush her. <laughs> she hates it. And you didn't say you anything. You would too. And then we watched the night vision that Boydston had. And it's clearly not Boydston because she's holding the camera. We would have heard it. And it's very faint on her camera. It sounds like a high-pitched noise. It does. Yeah, on the, on the camera recording. Yeah. And her mm-hmm. camera's pointed at me, and I'm not, You're saying, not saying anything. anything. Yeah. So we did catch an EVP there. Um, we catch a tap. And then Sarah is, like I said, she's standing next to me. And all of a sudden, she just goes, help. It is so weird. Because Boydston is recording me at the time. So I like look right at Lindsay, and I go, help. <laughs> and I said, help what like what do you need help with because nothing was going on at that point i don't know and so the next two minutes after you say help is just when it's nonstop. it's chaos it's it chaos. chaos um within three seconds of you saying help and i'm trying to figure out why you need help a door slams to my right um and sarah is on my left 10 seconds later another door slams 20 seconds later another door slams to my left which is right next to sarah we hear some shuffling. Boydson at this point says that she can hear something behind her. So she's facing us and there's a dark hallway behind her. Sarah reports feeling not good and <laughs> says that she hates it now. And yeah, you mentioned very descriptive. Well, you mentioned you've been here how many times? Yeah. And have never true. felt this feeling and you're like, I just don't I don't like it right now. I don't feel like we should be here. The old folks home does not bother me at all. We've been out there so many times. I could go out there by myself, right. but I was feeling very anxious at that moment. You were. And I can tell in the recording, like, the more doors that are going off, the more Sarah gets yeah. anxious. Yeah. About 20 seconds after you say that you hate it and you don't like this, a door to my left, which is right by you, goes off again. Um, I hear another door. A few seconds later, Boydson says, well, that sounds like a knock, but we don't know. A couple seconds later, another door. So there's three doors in 15 seconds that I have that closed. Yes. Um, and when we first got here, I will say I went through and opened every single door when we first got here. And there's probably like 10, 15 doors. Yeah. And some of them are not easy to open. They're, some of them are not e- really easy to open. Shove them open. Yes. So at this point, I mean, that's probably like five or six doors that have closed on us. And then five seconds after that last door, we get repeated door slam again, and it's all in a row um, next to Sarah. It was like probably three or four doors that all slammed right in a row, and you can just hear bang, 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 mm-hmm. getting closer to the recording. I think maybe we should go. So after that, that's when Sarah was like, time to go. I feel like we need to go now. Mm-hmm. And this is only 13 minutes in. Like I said, we were not up there long. Yeah. So we agreed to leave at this point. Sarah, I asked, you know, tell me what you're feeling. And you were just like, this is not good. I don't feel good. You mentioned again, you've been here several times. You've never felt this before. And yeah. you're like, this is the first time I feel like we should just leave. We should go. I so mean, it's did. true. I, I can't. I don't remember ever saying, oh, time to go. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Something was setting me off. I did not. It did not settle. Well, no. we caught it two separate times on night vision. Boydston caught the door slamming. And then I caught it on my cell phone when we were with the group of the door slamming. Um, and Boydston also caught it's kind of blurry on her cell phone. It's very blurry. It's yes. very blurry of a door slamming as well. So we've caught the door slamming mm-hmm. several times. And it was just interesting that nobody else reported the door slamming, even though we literally had probably like 10 door slam in our faces. Which is wild. I've been out there during a terrible thunderstorm yes and didn't hear any door slamming no that was the first time that uh, i have ever been out there that a door is slammed so last year we had a guest that had a door slam in her face but it was just the one door Mm -hmm. one time and it was i don't think it was replicated Mm -mm. but this has never happened before and we've been there countless times Mm -hmm. like you said during bad weather during great weather during medium weather like it's just it doesn't happen no especially not like that where there's just like multiple in a row 
Ugh, and they were scary. kind of responding to you too because you kept saying, Dorothy, if that is you, can you do that again? And mm-hmm. then the door would slam. Mm-hmm. And it may have been like far away from us because it was a very long hallway. So it, sometimes it was a distant door. Other times it was the door right mm-hmm. next to us. Yes. And so that last one, when it was like the repeated doors and it ended with the door right next to you, that's when you're like, we need to go. <laughs> I'm still thinking about how I go. Help. <laughs> I, and I don't know why you said help. And you never explained it. But it was literally you said help. And f- like 10 seconds later, that's when all the activity started. And it didn't let up until we left. I don't know, man. I had another like out-of-body experience. Sometimes that happens. I thought it was great. It was a, it was good to kind of like, I don't know, re-trigger that like enthusiasm about ghost hunting. Yeah, I know we talked last episode about our resolutions, our resolutions mm-hmm. of being more open minded. And this is a good way to kind of kick that off because it really, I know it's something that we wanted to have happen, but it's something that was like, wow, I really don't believe that was the wind. Yeah. Um, it's, it's too on point and too coincidental to just be wind. Right. Um, so I think it, it helps to kind of reignite the excitement there. For sure. So besides that night, do you have any other like favorite experiences from the old folks home? I don't have any other like crazy experiences, but some of our fellow investigators have caught some really good evidence that we can try to include. One of them was a video that looks like maybe a mist or a person walking by, which is a pretty good um, video. Mm -hmm. And they also caught an EVP of uh, what sounds like an an older woman saying Ida. So we'll try to include that as well. I've had a couple of really cool things that have happened in the old folks' home. One, I saw a mist. One time, myself and another investigator, we were coming up the stairs, and you come up the stairs, and then you go like a, I don't know, like mm, 10 yards, and then you turn a corner to see the long hallway, which we call Dorothy's Hallway. And him and I turned this corner, and we both stop and wait a few seconds, and we're like, did you just see that? And we both saw this white mist just passing from um, the left side to the right side. But one of my favorite things, probably because I love Frank Sinatra, is I was up there with yet another investigator, Rochelle, again. Mm -hmm. And we had flashlights set up along Dorothy's hallway. Rochelle's like, hey, Dorothy, come dance with us to the music. And so her or I are playing Frank Sinatra on the phone and you see the flashlights just like flashing to the beat of the music. It was like right on beat and it was all probably four of them down the hallway just lighting up to the beat of the music and there's absolutely no way. There's no, I mean, there's a lot of debate about flashlight theory and like, oh, it's just the coils heating up or it's the battery getting hot, but there were three to four flashlights. They were all lighting up to the beat. There's absolutely no way that can be just the, the battery heating or the coils or whatever. All at the same time. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was pretty incredible. So those are probably my two pieces of evidence that are now overshadowed by <laughs> the door slamming in my face twice. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Several times. Mm-hmm. Mm. On to random sir, who I said, put your back to the door and it slammed on your back. <laughs> I am sorry. I have been here before and I did not think that the door would slam on your back. <laughs> also, you're welcome. You're welcome that for that experience. was an incredible experience. Yes. You know what piece of equipment's going to be really cool there? The purple lights. The purple lights. The ghost lights. Yes. That would be fun. Okay. So after we were done, we sat down and did some just interviews like – Roundtable discussion. Casual discussion with a few of the investigators that have been there for years. Yes. Before we have ever come around. Um, so Keith is the head of PRI, and mm-hmm. he helps lead the investigations um, that we do with Belvoir. And then there's Chris and Jen and Rochelle, who are just investigators like us that help take people out. And so just a few of the questions that we asked, and then I'll insert their responses here. Side note, there are several other investigators that help with PRI. Those are just the ones that were there answering our questions afterwards. Mm -hmm. My favorite question is always, what has been your best experience here at Belvoir? I would say catching EVPs. Okay. Uh, Being able to hear something that you can't hear with your ears. In the morgue over here, catching an EVP of a little girl saying her name. Okay. Really? Yep. When was that? About six years ago. Yeah. What'd she say? So I had a digital recorder. 
one of the guests thought that, that she heard something in a different room. So I handed the recorder to one of the other investigators. Mm-hmm. And I walked over to the room and I said, uh, I said, can you tell me your name? And I heard a little girl. I didn't hear a little girl. The recorder picked up a little girl, probably eight or ten. Mm-hmm. Just say, Wendy, clear as day in a kid's voice. Wendy. Yep. Not a whisper. It was... I guess what you consider a class A EVP, just yeah. a straight voice. Yep. I remember one night we were over there in the old folks' home, and they had me down there to check on a light they thought would start moving after a while, and I said it was their eyes. Well, anyway, once they said to check on it, they thought it was moving. <clears throat> I leaned out, looked down, stare at it for a little bit, no, tell them no. So I leaned back. A minute or so goes by, and I have to look again to just double-check myself. This doorway down, shadow person leans out and is looking at me. Mm. That goes on, I don't know, 30 seconds maybe, and leans back. Well, then I'm looking down another hallway, and a kid appears right across the hallway from me against the wall. And through all the years of doing this, I've learned don't look at them because they take off like in a mist instantly. So if you stay just staring the way you are, they'll stay there longer. Finally, after a minute and a half maybe goes by, he goes, hey, turn and look, takes off in a mist up to the ceiling and down the hallway and the people that were investigating down there all go, oh my gosh, the shadow <laughs> deal just came you know, down the hallway. Well, then a couple minutes go by, it's time to go. We had a uh, uh, motion sensor light there, and they asked if you could set that off, and literally it's like three, four feet in front of me. They said that, I watched this dark mass swirl around it, which never set it off, which is shocking, and all that took place in like the length of time I just said. Mm. Those three things. So, I mean, that one really stands out. The night uh, we got Dorothy. Mm-hmm. The group is hearing footsteps. It was a real windy night. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to debunk whether or not if it's something, you know, moving because of the wind. So I start working my way down the hallway getting closer and closer, falling back up into the grand staircase. And I said, you know, come up, push me, shove me, do whatever. You hear step drag against the broken tile on the floor. And it's getting closer and closer to me. And the people at the end of the hallway uh, saying, you know, oh my gosh, there's the footsteps coming. And it's coming right up to me. Well, then they start asking different questions, and I ask, what's your name? Literally over my shoulder, you felt like you should have felt the breath. It says Dorothy. Mm-hmm. So then asked about need uh, medicine or this and that. Same thing again. I go, do you need your pills? No, the Dorothy we caught, a, I'm sorry, the Dorothy we actually caught on digital recorder. We, it was when asked about the medicine and the pills. Yeah, old woman's voice said yes out loud, and the people at the end of the hallway could hear it. We caught, we caught Dorothy's name, actually, because then I said, I need your name and room number, and we caught it on the digital recorder. It's a private investigation that a drug rep had done for all the doctors. Him and the doctor I worked for went around that way to the elevator where the rest of the group went down the hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, they came in and turned right. Well, they wandered off, so I, being the mom, went that way. And Sean <laughs> was standing in the elevator. And I didn't want him to go in, so I just held on to him and said, right. I want you to go in. Why? And I said, I don't know. I just don't want you to go in. So I came back at the break time, and I said something to Keith I said, about the elevator. He's like, that elevator hasn't been open in years. So I'm like, um... He was standing in it. In the old folks' home and had a flashbulb that went across the ceiling. Um, we've tried everything to debunk it, figure out what it was, and haven't been able to, but we both saw it at the same time. Both smelled sulfur afterwards. Yeah. So we were there, and there was a group of people with us in public investigation. Jen was next to me trying to pull music up on her phone. Mm-hmm. So a uh, grandma and a lady uh, were standing behind us. 
um, and it looked like flash on the ceiling. It was somebody turned a flashlight on or off, and the grandma goes, "Hey, did you guys see that?" We're like, "No." So we look up, and you see this big flash on the ceiling, twelve foot ceiling, right? Yeah. A few feet in diameter. Inside, it looked like the filament of an old time light bulb. It was that type of a flash. Boom. Mm. And then about 10 feet down, flashes again. About 10, 15 feet down, flashes again. And then the fourth time, it was outside the window. Mm-hmm. And then the sulfur smell goes all the way down the hallway. Next, why do you keep coming back to Belvoir? Like, I mean, these people have been coming here for years. And they keep coming back year after year for, I don't know, do we do like 12-ish mm-hmm. mm-hmm. at least sessions? Other, they go to other places. So it's kind of like, what makes Belvoir so special? Right. The experiences and the people that we investigate with. I think it's special because you come here and you have experiences every hour. Like, you can go anywhere else and it's completely dead. Mm -hmm. And then you can come here and, I mean, it's... Even on a dead night, it's full of stuff happening, whether it's with our group or someone else's group. Part of what I enjoy about coming to the Belvoir is just like anywhere else that I investigate, it's the history of the place. Yeah. And... When you're investigating, especially at night, yeah, whether you're with the public or just your own group or by yourself, you're walking into a space that 100 years ago, yeah. people were still living. So walking into these buildings here that don't have electricity, that have just been open to the air for the last, you know, 30, mm-hmm. 40, 50 plus years at night, you know, 100 years ago when the lights are off and the people are in their beds over there, they're experiencing the same thing that we're still over there feeling. Yeah. So just to be able to be there in that moment and feel that history, that's a lot, a large part of it for me. And then a few other things that were mentioned that I probably won't add, but like, so Belvoir was renovated a few years ago to add the inn, to add a few of the things. And they have noticed, the investigators that have been here for years have noticed that they have seen a large decline in activity since the construction went on. and. It's it's dropped significantly. There was like you would almost be able to guarantee people anywhere you would go, you would get something incredible that you would experience. And then the construction happened and it just took a huge nosedive. But they've been noticing that at least over the last few months, even it's kind of been coming back. The experiences have been coming back up and up and up. And I think that we even experienced mm-hmm. that ourselves, yeah, like with the door shutting. So looking forward to the future, we are hoping that the buildings can hold up and that people can continue to have experiences for at least a few years to come. And then finally, we told them that we like to rate these places out of 10. (laughs) Yes. And we asked for their ratings. So here are their ratings. I think it's hard to say 10 just because that would be (laughs) seeing, you know, figures walking around all the time, right? So if I have to look at it that way, I would definitely say a 9. Out of all the places I've been the plethora of experiences you can experience here. I love that. And the variety. Yeah. I would say nine. Okay. Jen? I would say seven or eight. It's still pretty high. Yeah, I've had a lot of experiences here. I've had other experiences, other places where I've physically been touched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but seven or eight because we get a a lot here. We get, you know, the flashlights, we get the EVPs. I've never actually seen something yet, but... Hopefully it'll come one day. There's still time. Rochelle? I'm going to say eight. Um, simply because there are nights that there's nothing. Yeah. I would say a nine. That's Because hard. I never say a ten. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Ten would be hard. And the amount of things I've had through the years has just been incredible. Like they just got through saying there's nights that, man, there's... They can be a tough night mm-hmm. with the public groups. It, it's slow, but then the other nights, more than make up for it. I've gone to other locations and just literally be there all night and never got anything. Yeah, same. And I can truly say probably every time I have been able to go out and investigate, I've always had something every time and what are you guys's ratings because you, you guys we've been there many times like an average <laughs> yes i mean we've been there i know so many times and sometimes we'll be there and it will be 
debt. We were like, I am so sorry you spent money to come here. This yeah. place is so quiet right now. And then there's other times that it's like, wow, this is pretty exciting. Yeah. And I think that that kind of ties into how we've been feeling about the last few investigations. We're like, I mean, it's only our blip in time, but our blip in time got absolutely nothing. But overall, with us having the luxury of being there several times a year, um, which I want to throw that caveat in whenever we compare it to other places where we're only going there for months, maybe twice, five hours. I love this place. I'd have to give it like an eight or a nine. I was going to say the same thing. It's just special. Mm-hmm. I just love it. It has some of my favorite experiences there. Some of my very first experiences. In fact, one of my first yeah. uh, ghost first investigation went. ever was at uh, Belvoir. Mm-hmm. So I just love it. And this ex- this time around, we, you know, I was surprised. Do we th- had some good evidence. Do you think that this time beat out the first time we all went as a group with the disembodied voice in episode twenty one? <sighs> Did it beat it? I think it was right up there I with was it. Say, it's going to be about. It's it very close. Yeah. Okay. They're they're two totally separate experiences, mm-hmm. and both were very very good. Yes, both were experiences that we'll talk about. I feel like. From here on up. I feel like Belvoir holds my probably top three to five experiences as a paranormal investigator. Yeah. Maybe one other place can can hold out, but this has stuff that is not just me feeling weird things. Right. It has things that other people have heard or seen. You've captured. Which is more validating than my feelings alone. Yeah. Sure. Okay. It's a good one. It was a good one. And we had a lot of fun there, obviously. <laughs> We will be back. <laughs> we will be back. And I encourage you to go while the buildings are still standing. Yes. If you're in the Kansas City area, I think it is a must do if you are interested in spooky stuff. Spooky stuff, but also it's just beautiful. It's got really cool history. And you get to hang out with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. And, and drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> All the wine. <laughs> All right. So if you guys want to catch, like I said, the real history behind Belvoir, we didn't go over it too much, but that is in episode 21. But that is all we have for our second return to Belvoir. There will be more. You can always catch us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it and it really does help. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.